The following program is intended for mature audiences. Flesh Wound After Dark fans, and welcome to another Black Emmanuel episode. Uh, we've been hammering our way through this uh, awesome Black Emmanuel set from Severin. Be sure to catch our previous episode on Black Emmanuel and Black Emmanuel 2. And uh, I think we're kind of getting to the point now where we're, we're getting into some of the more I would say well-known films. Uh, I know a lot of these are kind of entry movies into the Black Emmanuel franchise for a lot of people. And um, I'm very eager to to talk about them. Uh, how are you gentlemen doing tonight? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Man? Yeah. Good. Always good to be talking about yeah. Emmanuel, Black Emmanuel. It is, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying uh, going through this, looking at them all together like this. is is going to be a great, is a great experience, you know. Yeah, I think this will be the yeah. first time I've actually watched them all in order because I've I've jumped around. Oh, movie for me, for yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We were uh, talking briefly on the first episode about the Mondo kind of influence on these films and. And if you're unfamiliar, Mondo films, they're they're designed to basically convince people that they're nonfiction uh, yeah. sort of documentaries. Mondo Kane from 1962. I was going to say this yeah. was the one that introduced me to that. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know. that started it all, really. And, and if you're unfamiliar, I mean, Cannibal Holocaust was heavily influenced by those movies. You know that mockumentary <laughs> style. It yeah. just took them to another level. You know. Yeah, they really did, and I mean, these movies are really interesting. If you've never dived into them, uh, they kind of focused on bizarre rituals uh, in in exotic locales, uh, sex, death, uh, a lot of animal. So certainly, like you said, yeah. cannibal holocaust. And uh, they were really popular. And the, um, the other thing they love is the uh, Indonesians hanging from the hooks when they do the self-hooking and hanging. You know, when people hang suspension. themselves up. Yeah, body the suspension. suspension. Yeah, Mystics yeah. in Bali. That was Umberto Lenzi, one of Umberto Lenzi's. And he, I believe it was Umberto Lenzi, Mystics in Bali. No, no, it actually wasn't. But Mystics in Bali is fantastic. Terror yeah, I love Mystics in Bali. Yeah. Why, why do I think it's Umberto Lenzi? Oh, he did, uh, Umberto Lenzi did the hanging in um, the, the cannibal movie with the cult where... Man from Deep River? No, no. He, uh, the one he, where... Eating alive, yeah, and her, and it has it starts off and they and they show it. They pretend it's the, it's the cult. Yeah, yeah. That stuff, that stuff's nuts. So some of the stuff those people do when they're in those religious frenzies is, is absolutely nuts. And they were 
there to capture it, these yeah. Italian guys, you know. Yeah, the uh, the Italian cannibal film, uh, which which Emmanuel does get there eventually. Um, it does, yeah. <laughs> you'll never get that again. It's a subgenre that is just it, you've got what you've got. You won't get anything else truly authentic. Yeah, well, he tried, didn't he? Uh, what was it, Green Inferno? Eli yeah, Rupp, great. Yeah. Eli yeah. Rudolph tried, and even as soon as I heard that he was going to try doing it, I thought, what? "Why? What's the? Because it just won't be. It, it, you won't. You it won't be. So what's the point? And I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to see someone going and killing an animal now yeah, yeah. for a movie, you know. But the yeah. intensity that it generates that the, they did it, you know, is there." Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, especially cannibal fearrocks like that poor little finger that gets eaten by that snake. Thank God it takes so long to die. Like, die, little thing. You fucked. It's, <laughs> it's over, man. Just Cannibal Ferox is actually even worse than Holocaust in a lot of ways. Um, I, I actually yeah. like it better. So it's probably, but I, it's, I, I, I say Holocaust is a better movie from the point of view of cinema, but I, I just enjoy Fear Rocks more. It's more fun, in my, yeah. in my opinion. More fun yeah. movie, you know. Uh, a lot well, it's got Giovanni. Are... I love Giovanni's performance in that movie. Yeah, Giovanni. Really, you know, he's, yeah. It's a really great performance from him. As, as I can't remember the name of his character, but you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, he, takes, he takes a long time to die too. He's like castrated <laughs> two days in the movie before he dies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he goes on for ages after he's castrated. He he suffers in that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah no, uh, it, it's interesting how some of these kind of connect. And uh, um, yeah, so emmanuel in bangkok we're getting into now the joe damato era this is a 1976 film and laura gemser luckily is back to stay and in this one yeah. uh she's on assignment in bangkok to interview the king of thailand uh and becomes entangled in political intrigue and sexual encounters with old and new lovers uh so uh, returning to this, of course, is uh, her soon-to-be husband, Gabrielle Tinti, uh, who uh, they were kind of a package deal uh, for, well, for pretty much everything. Uh, they made, I think, over 20 movies together, uh, a couple dozen movies, I believe. And they were a package deal. That's why they always tended to be in these films. And uh, this one, I think is probably the sexiest film uh to date uh that we've covered so far at least in my yeah. opinion i thought uh, so yeah i would agree with that yeah and uh there's a lot of there's there's a lot of social commentary as far as you know americans going abroad and uh you know arguably taking advantage of uh th these cultures and uh, being very ignorant of different different ways, we kind of have that one couple that they hang out with that is kind of used <laughs> yeah. for comedic relief in this one, and 
in, in my opinion, Emmanuel uh, has never been hotter than she is in this film. And I really have to say what makes these movies is not just the erotic content, it's also the score. Uh, Nico Fidenko uh, did the score in these films. Sometimes it's a little bizarre. Some people have called it that. But uh, very catchy. The, the music. Instant listening it developed because I heard it yeah. first in the fully fledged form in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, where it's yeah. really, um, it's really fucking fantastic. Actually, I almost bought the record, but I was, yeah. you know, don't start buying records or soundtracks because that's a whole other level of. You got two discs of, of song, tracks on the box on CD. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful soundtrack, um, that that one. But it's interesting to me hearing the proto versions on, on the earlier right. ones because it's like he has a little signature, this little black manual signature that he yeah. uses that is reoccurring. You know, which is really fucking cool. I love that. I love that when characters have their own little musical signature. You know, which goes. It's part of. It's part of making a, a, a cult. Well, not any kind of cinematic character is them having their own little. You know, it helps give them that cult status. If they don't have that, then there's a piece missing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. it and she it, has it. She has a Black Emmanuel music. You know. Yeah. She does, and they use it a lot. Uh, some would say maybe overuse it, but uh, it sticks in your head. And I started collecting uh, vinyl during uh, the, the and it gets very expensive, so I kind of stopped doing it. Uh, but this would be a soundtrack if you guys still do collect vinyl out there and can get a hold of it. It I would be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love I love um, the, Black, the Emmanuel soundtracks. But yeah, anyway, this was this was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, uh, this one a lot of comedy, uh, a lot of actually. Uh, if you've ever been to uh, Thailand, the the ping pong shows are actual. That's actual culture. That's a thing there. Uh, that's that's something that that does still to this day happen and uh so it's pretty authentic it's funny but uh, the, well they make the most of flying to these locations you know because they're cheap they're so cheap it's like out here in colombia you know uh shooting yeah shooting uh naked chicks crossing off yeah you know? yeah it's a good place really. to go for a sexploitation movie for sure. It's yeah. ironic because one of the places they didn't do a lot of filming uh, is Emmanuel in America. They didn't really do a whole lot actually in America, which we'll talk about. No, uh, no. I was going to say most of Emmanuel. Uh, there's a lot of Emmanuel in, in America is in Africa. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just sticking my head more in Africa. <laughs> just, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we do get uh, cult film legend uh, Ivan Rasimov is Prince Sonnet, the, the Thai prince, which is pretty funny. Yes. Uh, don't yes. even really try and make him look Thai. It's just roll he, with it. Her problem, like so much of the plot of this really revolves around her passport being stolen. 
Yeah. Which is just, it seems like a real fucking insurmountable problem for her. Like, her passport <laughs> is stolen. Like, she has to have sex with everybody now. Because her passport's been stolen. That's, that's, that's what I got was the plot of the movie. And after she's had to have sex with everyone, right at the end, the model gives her a passport passport back because, oh, I just stole it for a laugh. <laughs> and she's oh, okay then. No yeah. problem. A man, she's like, oh, never mind. You know, you can't get her down, whether she's being no. uh, assaulted by bikers or whatever happens. She just lets it roll roll over her with no no problem, yeah. which yeah, uh, kind of yeah. makes these movies. I think. Yeah, well, we gotta talk a little bit, you know, like about. I mean, if it was like a Me Too or Black Emmanuel, I mean, she's pretty sexually assaulted more people than through the course of these movies. Uh, literally, yeah. she knocks a woman on her ass in the next movie. Well, I, I won't go get ahead of us to the next movie. But, yeah, she's... she's, she's um, Yeah, she's not heard about consent, Emmanuel. She just doesn't care about it, like, at all. She does not. Not at all. No. <laughs> Maybe and she's so I, fucking casual about it too. She's like <laughs> super casual, like where she's about everything. So breezy about it. You know? Maybe someone stole her passport, and that's why we haven't seen Laura again during a while. <laughs> she's still trying to find her way. To it. <laughs> yeah, I said that seventy now. Seventy now. Seventy one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least. Um, Ivan up of course, man from Deep River, and. Well, a million different things. Yeah, Ivan Rasimov pop up in. I did want to throw out uh, Koiki Mahako, who plays Guy. Uh, she, she pops up again in a smaller role, but she plays uh, Manuel's friend in this one. Uh, a lot of people who watch Cinemax back in the day will remember the uh, the massage scene with those two. Uh, that's that always was on different nudity and film compilations out there it's pretty well known and uh yeah i really like Quit this it. movie they <laughs> they do talk in the extras about thailand kind of being a hot spot for these sort of sexploitation uh films uh stuff like uh hot sex in bangkok uh three bavarians in bangkok to bangkok for love uh, there were a lot, uh, a ton uh, of these uh, films, these sex tourism films uh, that were quite often uh, set in Thailand. And I think this is one of the better ones. Uh, like I said, Nico Fidenko, the score. Uh, this one pretty much hits on everything. Uh, if you're if you're coming into this for the first time, if you're a younger uh, fan and you're kind of diving in, I'm sure the plot, like you said, it's just her passport is stolen as a joke and she has to have sex with about 100 different people to get it back. Uh, you know, a little bit thin, but it's all about the exotic locales, uh, the uh, really, like I said, just hot scenes, uh, particularly with uh, the Guy character and... I love it. Uh, I really love this movie a lot. It, it ranks quite high out of the whole franchise for me. It's quite different in tone to the last one. Uh, much more comedic. 
the tone's much lighter, much more comedic. Like the, yeah. the, the Emmanuel too, it starts with that whole torture thing, and you know it's like um, just darker in tone because that one, that one's very breezy. Emmanuel three, I thought, you know. Yeah, yeah, it it is, and like I said, even when it starts to get kind of dark at the end with the the bikers uh, assaulting her, it's it just it washes it away really quick, and it's kind of bad. Well, she doesn't have upset by it so yeah uh, like not at all you know <laughs> yeah <just> kind of <laughs> because you know when she gets her passport back she's like okay <laughs> yeah bitch i mean gang because you stole my passport yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and yeah this one i definitely think one of the better movies in the set uh any uh closing thoughts and i'll run down some of the extras for you guys um, no, like I, I do like this one. It, it's all the films are a little different, and I like the light tone in this one. It, it was just like mm. a little more playful, and I was fine with that. Playful, um, yeah. And I've always kind of liked that about this one. I mean, so yeah. Dan, what do we got extra wise? Uh, extras wise, you have an audio commentary with film professor Aaron Obakan. Um, and uh, this is very informative. He talks about the Nico Fidenko music and uh, runs down some of that history of Thailand being used as a, a Bangkok specifically uses a location in a lot of these sex tourism films. Uh, everything you could want. Uh, I believe he also names drops it, but I highly recommend since we've talked a lot about Mondo films uh sweet and savage the world through the mondo film lens if you're curious about mondo movies and their history that's a really good book um we also get a reflection of the times interview with actress deborah berger uh who's actually the daughter of actor william berger uh, oh really wow i didn't know that yeah and uh we get a 1999 interview with ivan rasimov uh which is short but uh, speaks very highly again of Joe D'Amato and kind of how he ran his set is, uh, you know, kind of fa very family like that's kind of a theme uh, for most of the people who talk about D'Amato in a personal sense. And uh, I believe 99 was when uh, D'Amato had died. So he had just died probably right before this interview. Well, I know uh, um, I'm going to Brian work Joe D'Amato when he was very sick, like really yeah. fucking sick and he still went and finished his last movie with him uh, Frankenstein 2000 which is it's, it's it's a shitty movie but it's a fucking entertaining movie I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. it but it's a great send off for Donald O'Brien at the end when he's got the power mm -hmm. cable thing you know coming down the street with it I, I mean you know but, yeah. you know, I think, wasn't it? I think I believe it's both of the last movies, actually. I think it's Joe D'Amato's last movie as well, or his last mm -hmm. non-porn movie. Because he came yeah. way, he was just doing that with him, then he just did that one movie, like, towards the end, when Stonewall O'Brien was terminally ill, you know? Yeah, he, he did. He was working a lot with Rocco Sifredi uh, on a lot of XXX films. Um, and... Uh, uh, I remember whatever was in, in the video server, like, oh, I got to take this one home now <laughs> when I work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, you, Joe D'Amato, you know, you're in for a good time. Uh, Quest yeah. for the Mighty Sword is one I like. Uh, that's 
that's the one uh, where they reuse the troll uh, troll two puppet. Yeah, uh, yeah. With a pretty amusing movie. You can see a clip from it online. Unfortunately, not on Blu-ray yet. But uh, but yeah. Uh, as far as this movie goes, uh, I am a four and a half. I love this one. Max, I'll give it a four. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm torn between those two. Because um, I've got to leave a little room to play with for the <laughs> later movies, you know. I get that. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a, a four on this one, too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really, you know, I, I mean, it hasn't been that long since I revisited these films, but uh, it's, there's, considering. You're dealing with a lot of the same actors, same director. At this point, you would think you'd get a little bit tired of them, but they, they are all a little bit different, which uh, has kept it interesting as I work. They, they are, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I watched but, my, all, all of these for the first time. This oh, time. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so our next one, Emmanuel in America from 1977. This is, uh, I think, arguably least one of the top two most notorious uh, in the franchise and also from yeah. Joe D'Amato. And this one follows Emmanuel as she goes undercover to expose the seedy lives of the rich and powerful sex cultists <laughs> and stuff film peddlers in America and Europe. Uh, so Emmanuel in America, uh, kind of an early one that sort of touched upon the snuff theme. Of course, uh, uh, there was snuff, the uh, uh, film from the, the Findleys, which uh, not a great movie, but it, it they did have to go. Oh, the movie over. snuff. Yeah. yeah. So with the way of the, the cult. Guy yeah, where they filmed the extra footage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I was when I was young. I thought that movie was going to be so awesome. I have it on Blu-ray. And, and they yeah. also made Shriek of. Do you know what's fucking weird though? They also made Shriek of the Mutilated. Yeah, you know, this movie exactly Shriek right. of the Mutilated. And you know what happened to the director? Yeah, Did you yeah. know what happened to him? He was killed by a helicopter. A helicopter in New York, right? If yeah. Flip, it, it, it's runner broke and it fell like that and it chopped him the red, the blade. And he made yeah. a movie called Shriek and Immutilated. Hopefully, and he was Michael Finley. Yeah, he was yeah. The, the husband of Roberta Finley, uh, who Roberta was uh, pretty notable because there weren't a lot of female sexploitation directors, and she went on to do a lot of classic. I think she co-directed both of their movies, actually. Uh, co-directed yeah. him and her together, Shriek of the Mutilated. Shriek of the Mutilated is very entertaining. It's, it, it's really, a good task. It's better than Snarf, I thought. Yeah, Snuff is, Snarf. Kind of a, Snuff is kind of a Frankenstein movie anyways. It's, you know, comedy. Yeah, well, they bought it. They bought that footage, right? You know? Yeah, they. It, it's... I always tell people don't get too excited going into that one. The story behind it's more interesting than the movie itself. But uh, yeah, yeah Shriek, Shriek of the Mutilated is a great double feature with Night of the Demon uh, from 1980. It is. It is. I love great Sasquatch double. I love Night of the Demon as well. You know. 
Yeah. And Demon yeah. Warp. Demon Warp as well is another Sasquatch movie. That's a fucking yeah. <laughs> mental movie as well, you know. It it is. Yeah. Night of the Demons probably my favorite for the biker scene. Uh, getting his dick ripped off by Sasquatch. That's a great scene, yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, the werewolf and the yeti. Because funny, a bunch of those made it on the video nasty list in the UK. You know, yeah. the, a bunch of those yeti movies did. Yeah. For some reason, they had it in for the yeti movies. Yeah, they didn't like the Bigfoots. <laughs> <laughs> the census did not know. They didn't. Uh, uh, Emmanuel in America is a film that's deserving of it for sure uh as we'll get i'm not surprised that it's on i'm not surprised that it's on that list you know oh yeah um so i mean i i personally i just watched it i i got done watching it uh just before this podcast so i just watched it today yeah yeah, Joe D'Amato was no stranger to the video nasties. I mean, Anthropophagus and Absurd, I know, are on there. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is uh, this is the one uh, that had the controversial scene, uh, which pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, were... what I wanted to ask you, actually, Dan, if you knew, was the snuff movie scenes with the nipples being cut off and everything. Are they taken from another movie, or were they actually shot for this movie? They were shot for the film. In fact, uh, another case uh, where uh, Maurizio Trani, uh, I know, uh, uh, he had to go in, much like Ruggiero Dodato, and prove that no, we didn't oh, kill this girl. Really, really, because yeah. they're fucking great. They, I yeah. mean, it helps that they're, they're, they're distorted and stuff. But um, I mean, I love this one. This was my favorite one of the four. By um, yeah, big dimension because it was. I was not expecting it to be a horror. Uh, uh, um, a cross-genre horror porn movie. You this know? one's got a lot. And it was horrific. Horror. Like, the, yeah. it was the horror bits were hardcore, you know. There was some of the actors yeah. more hardcore the horror side than um, Emmanuel and the Cannibals, I would say, arguably. The horror element is, yeah. you know, it's shorter, but when it comes, it's... Uh, it's what the you hell, know. yeah. yeah. I mean, if, I, if, you, if that happened in the middle of a you'd be like what the fuck you know <laughs> it's yeah. like strange who's that movie for that's what i was thinking when i was watching it, it was like who's for this us? movie for no, it's for us now nah, to laugh <laughs> you know but... it, it, he had to go to court uh both of the uh giannato de rossi and explain basically no we didn't cut her breast off it was a prosthetic we had to have an actress with small because it's 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 yeah. a good prosthetic is that i actually thought it was better than um the umberto lexi breast cutting from i it, don't know well, yeah it's a good one if i found know. that footage in and of itself uh th there's that famous story with the guinea pig movies where charlie sheen <laughs> contacted the FBI because he thought he was watching a real <laughs> stuff movie. 
I'm sure he a hit lot his of good games. No, those yeah, he those scenes, those those scenes, were, those scenes were like a horrible second to Joe Damato. So, so, yeah. so such a, a moralist person. If he found it, it was like a snuff scene. He put it in his movie to save money. Yeah. yeah. So there was a second in that I think, God, I'm not really watching some poor woman being cut up in South America or something. Yeah. You know, like in a, in a thriller, it's a real fucking eye they yeah. use in one of the scenes in Thriller. And I didn't know that. And now when I see it, I find it nauseating. And I didn't when I just thought it was over. It's a cheap fly, you know. But they used to, you know, the, those snuff scenes are really good in this, in Emmanuel in America. Emmanuel in Africa, it should be called because she's in Africa <laughs> yeah. for most of the scenes. It, it was you mostly know. just establishing shots in in America in this one, so they, they kind of cheat a little bit. But, you know, it works. And, yeah, a testament to the effect team on this one because yeah. uh, it's not a huge part of the movie, but it is brutal and... Uh, and the tone, the tone is much darker than the last one. Yes. That I thought. More sleazy. It's more sleazy and it's just darker... Like the the the, uh, the stakes, like she plays the stakes are played like they actually matter in this one because in the other one they just played like they don't matter, but in this one it's like more they're cutting people's breasts off. But but it's just the darker tone. Yeah, there's know? more danger in this one. Um, it'd probably be the one that Kruger might like along with the Cannibal one, so maybe he'll watch it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If I was going to recommend one to people you know, who are more horror fans, I, I would say this one has enough horror in to, yeah. um, you know... I mean, it's not like it's all the way through, but it is. When it comes, it, it, it goes on quite a bit, that whole scene with the snuff thing, too. I was not expecting that at all. That's no. why I enjoyed it so much because it caught me completely by surprise. I thought I, I, I was already taken by surprise by the hardcoreness of the sex because it was up on a whole other level to the last ones. Because you had like a, yeah. a lot of yeah. which were like right. a new thing. And you've already had one horse already at this point. Uh, and a horse, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dan, I'm just, taking notes. You know. We also get a nude Martha Stewart lookalike that a lot of people point out at the beginning, which, uh, uh, yeah. which there is comedy in this. I, I thought the carjacker, well, he's not really a carjacker. He's trying to kill her. Yes, too. that very strange, very strange interaction yeah. with a carjacker who's going to kill her, and then she yeah. starts sucking his and he runs and, off and turns him into and she takes that man. as a victory she's so she's so pleased with herself after he's run off as well she's like god power it, it's hilarious they could, they could learn a lot for that barbie movie from this they like about how you know like girl power works you know imagine I, if barbie if Bar, imagine if barbie got down like black man there you they go could just use, they could just repurpose this script for barbie too and we're good yeah. <laughs> Margot Robbie just getting carjacked and just sucking the guy off and yeah, that, yeah the that guy be- runs off he's like oh my god because ah! that's what's so funny about it right he's just, yeah. him off and he's, he's just repulsed and he just I'm a virgin and runs off like 
like, dude, you're gonna stay on. <laughs> it's a pretty hilarious scene because then later she's real nonchalant about it. It's like, oh, he's fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll... And Stack keeps the gun, and her boyfriend confirms that it's a loaded gun with real bullets in it. She doesn't like, oh, shit. You know, she's, she's like, like, oh, well, you, you keep the gun. She's just like, you know. Not even concerned yeah. that he's going to come back. Yeah, it, it's yeah. odd, but it, it works. It really makes for an entertaining movie to be able to. I love, I love these things, you know, that yeah. they happen in the Italian movies where the writer just kind of sort fuck it. From- I'll put it in, you know. Yeah, and it, it, it to go from comedy to snuff to eroticism, I mean, this. This has something for everybody, and yeah, it was it was it was um, it was considerably more nuts than the other three movies preceding it. You know, yeah, I thought yes. you know, just in everything, it was more extreme. It, it very much is, and you do kind of get very heavy into the triple uh, X content at the end. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. With, uh, Pretty pretty crazy stuff leading up to uh, the finale with with the snuff footage, which uh, is, well, you uh, can tell she just didn't want any part of it because uh, Laura Games because she's not in any of the Triple X scenes. There's that whole montage where she goes around all the huts looking in, just looking in from the outside, yeah. right? So they don't they don't have to shoot her in the same uh, in the same sequences to people actually having sex because you know she. Because I, I I noticed in that she managed to keep her uh, keep her you know her, her yeah. boundaries. She never you know. she never participated in actual sex on film. She did use body doubles for that sort of stuff. George she didn't use them. They used body doubles for they, them. Yeah, they they used body doubles. She would never do triple X. George Eastman's another one. Uh, who would never, you know, he would never perform in... I've seen George Eastman getting a blow. I've yeah. seen him. I've seen him. And it's definitely him. Because I'm like, wow, George Eastman's got a big... <laughs> he he might I think he did do that. It's in one of the Joe I'll tell you which movie it is too. It's in it's in either Joe DeMario made two sex horror movies, Erotic Nights of the Living Dead and, and one other one and in in one of those movies George Eastman's getting a blowjob and he looks like he's really enjoying it too. <laughs> like and yeah. it's uh, and it's a long blowjob scene and it's definitely yeah, it's definitely not a body double. Okay. Yeah, he um, he was always game for just about everything. He looks like he's having a good time. He really does. I have to say, just his face. He looks like he's having a good time. Uh, (laughs) Because I was like, wow. Because when I saw that, because I thought George Eastman was, you know, more serious. I was just surprised to see his penis, you know, but he still, he looks amazing. He's still decent, you know, and and like, you know, he's one of my favorites. He's just so great. um, He's a legend uh, for sure. And uh, in everything, well, both his collaborations with Joe D'Amato, absurd, and um, the first one, you know, Anthropophagus. Anthropophagus. I love Anthropophagus. People say oh, it's so slow, but I, I do. I love that. I actually love Anthropophagus. 
Oh yeah, the, the yeah. look uh, of that one. Uh, one Very well shot, you know. I own yeah. a lot of copies of that one too. <laughs> I got yeah. so many different versions. One of my favorite video nasties yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, and then it was the remake. It's terrible, but I I, I watched yeah. it anyway. You know the Andreas Andreas Schnass. It's Andreas yeah. Schnass, right? The yeah, violent the chick, the violent chick guy. Yeah, yeah, violent shit. I try to like his stuff more because you know he seems like a really cool guy. And he loves full cheer and he like loves the, all the he loves the greats. He loves the fucking masters, but like um, you know he just like the violent shit series. It's just like yeah, no, he, he. I did uh, like the one he the 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 giallo one actually. The one that, that was based off of that yeah that has nothing to do with it. I yeah, the violent shit too. giallo with Giovanni and. You know, and I was I was yeah. quite good, you know. He, uh, yeah, he was uh, somebody that he he didn't have much of an eye for story, but he did for effects. A lot of the German horror films, I mean, Olaf Ittenbach, you know, who I, I do think has made better movies with Primudos and uh, what have you, but uh, I appreciate the effects work that he does. The Germans were always kind of known more for the the grisly effects. Well, you know, you know who was terrible, made so many terrible movies. It was German, you know, but who made a couple of good ones at the beginning was Uli Lommel. Yeah, Uli Lommel. You know, because he was banned. Because I actually tried to see him because he lived in Venice. He had an office in Venice before he died. His production company had an office upstairs in Venice, and I thought Mm. this script, this guy, take a script of anyone. I gotta fucking just talk to him, man. And say, look, dude, look, I'll fucking got some good horror scripts here, right? Yeah. But um, I never managed to get it. His health was already fucking on the on the outs then. But he, uh, the tenderness of wolves is yeah. really a really great movie. But I heard Fassbender had something to do with that, possibly. So you know, but then Boogie, the Bo- Boogeyman too. The, not sorry, not Boogeyman too. That's a terrible movie. But yeah. the Boogeyman is also a movie I really like. Um, yeah, Uli was yeah. off to a good start. Then he did. I mean, he he churned him out fast towards the what end of did? his life. He did. You didn't like the green yeah, river towards the end. He did that black orchids, uh, the black orchid serial killer movie, and he said it in the thirties, and it was it was a bit like. Um, some of the recent full moon pictures, you know, he like said in lot, the 30s yeah. when you've got a budget like of nothing, no money at all, and you said it in the yeah. 30s, so like straight away you've got like these bad CGI, fucking uh, weird exterior scenes. Yeah, he, you know? uh, uh, it was all serial killer stuff at the end of his career, and there's not a lot of it that's very good, but. But, uh, yeah, and, and you would have thought he could have just made a decent serial killer movie, you know, because he could have just kept going back to the Boogeyman uh, book, remaking that, essentially. But just, just um, you know, the deaths are essentially like Nightmare on Elm Street deaths. They're supernatural deaths, so they're just going to keep coming up with different supernatural ways to kill people, you know. 
I always recommend, I think uh, maybe his best movie, or at least one of his top two, is Devonsville Terror. Yep, with it's Donald Pleasance. That's the one I was going to throw out. Yeah, Donald Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, that is actually. I really like that movie. I, I forget it's him because it's so coherent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was an interesting. Well, I do guy. like Tenderness of Wolves as well. I really like that movie. It reminds me of M, you know, with Peter Laurie. Mm -hmm. The movie M, yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. that kind of German, and also actually reminds me of Necromantic as well. I mean, to me, all three of those movies are in that same tradition of kind of German psycho horror, where you're with the uh, you're with the the mentally sick person for most of the movie. Like Peter Laurie and M, I think was one of the first times they kind of did that. And Tenderness of Wolves again plays that same thing and then a necromantic but each time it's more yeah more yeah, horrible it's a very german kind of storytelling yeah shram is a good uh film for oh and shram as well yeah yeah you know he became a german minister for film that's so fucking amazing you know because yeah. if he lived in england they wouldn't make him the minister well, they put him on the video nasties <laughs> but it's, it's just amazing to me that the guy that made Necromantic lived in a country where they're so open-minded they made him the minister for film. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, as far as Emmanuel in America goes, I, I think uh, it it it's it's near the top of the list. It's such a again, we've got this blow humor and then we get snuff towards the end it's just it's a roller coaster uh once it is again. a roller coaster yeah yeah and on the extra side of things there is an inter a new interview uh with actor lars block uh that also once again just kind of talked about how cool joe damato and his family uh he was very close to them it's a good interview uh we get uh an interview with actress Maria Piera Rigoli, uh, who uh, is actually a very funny lady. Uh, she talks a little right. bit about uh, uh, having to shoot the erotic scenes with Gempser and uh, other actresses in the movie regretting doing it because of the nudity. Uh, really funny interview. Uh, still looks great. Uh, we also get The Art of Sex and Gore, an interview with art director Marco Dentici, uh, who has some good background. Uh, uh, but I highly recommend the effects artist extras. There's uh, uh, Giannato De Rossi, uh, who goes into having to go to court, explain how they did the breast scene. Uh, I was certainly, I'm yeah. certainly going to watch that. I, I was really surprised by how good special effects were. Yeah, you know, but, mind you, Joe Demar occasionally he he had to go to court for Beyond the Darkness too for the uh, the yeah. autopsy scene when they take when they take the guts out. He had to go and prove that wasn't a real autopsy. Uh, yeah, it was pretty you crazy, know? and that's a pretty then. nauseating scene. It's just kind of disgusting, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a gross scene. Um, and uh, Giannato also talks about working with Lucio Fulci on uh, Contraband and some of the effects that he created for him. 
there's a funny story in here about the actress with the mouth uh, piece in for the stuff film getting burned with wax. Uh, that was pretty contraband. Yeah, uh, that's brutal. When she gets her face burnt off, in I, I love Contraband. I absolutely adore that movie. I mean, uh, it has some great, great deaths in you know. Yeah, I, I always tell people a lot of the Italian uh, crime police films, Polizia films, uh, were. I mean, there's some gorier stuff in a lot of those movies than there is in a lot of horror movies. Some of those were really, some of them really are nasty. just the, it's the, the it's the mean spiritedness of the of the violence, you know. Like um, one of my favorites is Alberto Lenti's Violent Naples, and it's a bit towards the end when Mauricio Murni's he's having a show. He's on the top of at the tram. This mm-hmm. tram thing that goes up, it's like a tram that goes up a, up a steep hill and the villain is inside and there's another tram coming down the other way and the villain just gets this woman and just holds her face out the window <laughs> into the tram that's coming up way and it just smashes her face in and then she just drops and she's dead. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's some of Lenzi's most brutal, brutal work is in his police movies, you know. Yeah. And uh, live like a cop, die like a man. Well, all of them. The most violent, in fact, of all the police movies that I've ever seen is a one called Weapons of Death. Yeah, which yeah. has Henry Silver in that has a guy getting castrated in, and and God, there's so many violent deaths in that movie. They a, mo- a lot of those yeah. really are. They go harder than even a lot of the Italian horror. Um, anybody yeah. watching this, I mean, look into, well, Lenzi, of course. And they have great music, too. I mean, they have great music and, and great direction. They're some of my, some of my favorite uh, movie, Italian movies of those movies. You know? Yeah, also look into uh, you guys out there who haven't dived into it. Fernando DeLeo made some really great Italian cop. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I highly yeah. recommend And those. some good westerns he did as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the two effects artists extras on there. Um, Maurizio Trani uh, also talks about working on uh, Caligula and that film. Uh, he talks about Bob Guccione hijacking it from uh, Tinto Brass, uh, the director at the time. Uh, so some good, some good bits there if you're familiar with the Caligula story. That was. Uh, a lot of the Emmanuel films really took advantage of that because that movie was in the making for a long time and they knew uh, that it was going to be pretty extreme as far as the sex goes. So they beat them to the punch uh, on getting some of that out. Uh, there's also an interview uh, uh, with uh, Maria Piafusco and Piera Vivarelli on the origins of Joe D'Amato's Emmanuel. Uh, this is a this is a pretty good uh, pretty good piece uh, on that. And we also get uh, Naked City Emmanuel in New York, which is a Michael Gingold location tour of uh before and after for the stuff that they did shoot in new york uh so overall these are really stacked uh rating emmanuel in america i'm gonna go a five in terms of 
uh, sleaze. I mean, this is about as good as you're going to get. And it's also funny. It's also sexy. Uh, it, it hits everything you could possibly want out of this kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a five out of five. Five out of five, right? Yeah. Yeah, five yeah it's got everything. It's, it's uh, like if, if, you, if you're new to this series, I, this would be the one I would recommend. Or you're just new to Joe D'Amato's movies. Because it's a great introduction to Joe D'Amato because it's just completely outrageous. Like, absolutely outrageous. If you, if you, if you won't believe the, uh, the juxtaposition of story is something else. You know, and the gore scenes are excellent. They are really, they are really, really good. Really good. The horror, when it gets to the horror bit, I was like, I was very impressed, you know. As good yeah. as it gets, yeah. How about you, Ty? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm easily a five. I mean, this is—I I love this movie, Sam. Even wearing my my little my little gimmick, so I, uh, I didn't yeah. get the merch, but we're gonna play the board game when we're done. Uh, we are, and then like well, you can see the stickers. We have the four. We have USA. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, we have a security clearance one, and then uh, is that Italy at the bottom? Yeah, Italy. So, yeah. I'm First looking forward to seeing uh, Sister Emmanuel. I've never seen the one where she's Ooh. the nun. So oh. that's, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think Porno Holocaust is the one with. Uh, um, the job. The job, yeah. 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 I actually, I was trying to find that movie everywhere to watch Porno Holocaust. I actually ended up watching it on a porn site. It's the only time I've ever watched a feature movie on a porn site, but it was actually on a full-on, uh, a full-on porn website. That's where I found it. You can. Yeah. It, it used to be. I mean, a lot of stuffs come out on Blu-ray, but I will say some of this exploitation stuff uh, that you guys out there might be looking for that hasn't been widely released. You can find uh, vintage uh, erotica on. Tube sites, even uh, softcore yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, softcore. I mean, but this is—I mean, it is a horror movie. To be fair, I mean, it's still. A horror. Yeah. <laughs> it's it yeah. sounds much better than it is Holocaust. To be honest, I mean, you know, it's it's not a. There's not that much more Holocaust in it, you know. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> like um... was, yeah, I was a little one. The world, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, this movie, uh, this movie was much more uh, befitting of that title, uh, Emmanuel in America. You know. Yes. Yes. You know. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so, guys, thanks once again for joining us. We still have barely made a dent in the set, so we will be back. Uh, next time to do two more, uh, and I look forward yeah. to it. I look forward to it as well. Uh, all right. On that note, good night, gentlemen. Good, good night, evening. guys.